Welcome back to part two of this enlightening episode of Meltdown to Mastery. In this segment, we dive deeper into the fascinating realms of karma, exploring its connection to winning the lottery, the karmic lessons of Ebenezer Scrooge and that type of person, and the nuances of spiritual abuse and how we interplay in relationships. Tina also shares valuable insights on how to consciously develop positive karma, providing a roadmap to navigate life's complexities with wisdom and purpose. Welcome to Meltdown to Mastery, empowering women to overcome midlife crisis by rewiring the subconscious mind. Feeling overwhelmed, disillusioned, stuck? We all have. Here we explore inspiration and empowerment to navigate through the tough times and move to a place where hearts soar, minds manifest, and bodies heal. We hear a lot of people say, oh, I want to win the lottery. Well, what happens when you win the lottery? All of your karma, a large, large, large part of it can come back all at once. Ooh. Think about that. Comes back all at once. Why now, is think, that? Sorry. If Tell you me. won $10 billion on some huge jackpot and the government took $5 billion, and you got $5 billion because you won that much money. If you have been living paycheck to paycheck and you go from zero to a billion in an instant, the delta between those two numbers means you have no experience in handling large amounts of money, no experience or frame of reference for what's going to happen to you, who is going to come at you, what you're going to have to deal with. And if you just wanted some extra money or you want people to still like you for you, then that's why the majority of lottery winners lose it all. But let's talk about people who don't lose it. There's a very interesting story. This is a great karmic illustration. This couple played the lottery and they won a pretty staggering amount of money. And they had discussed, now this is, in feng shui, good luck is being ready. They had discussed what would happen if they won the lottery. Well, they didn't want all their friends to hate them. They didn't want to be the town where everybody looks at them and goes, you know, they won the lottery, but, you know, they didn't look to anybody else. So they asked for a town meeting after they won the lottery. And they said, yes, we did. We won this amount of money. But having that amount of money is no fun if you can't share it. So we would like to know, we would like input from everyone in our little town or city. How can we use this money, a percentage of it, for the benefit of everyone in the town? People were stunned. So by asking the question, they immediately brought this whole out-of-balance system automatically they're bringing it into balance. And they said, we need a, a community center for teenagers. It's a small town. There's nothing to do. And, you know, like a gym and a workout place. And so 
they built an entire complex for the community, for seniors, for teenagers, for gathering, for fitness. It was millions and cost millions and millions of dollars. And they set up a trust fund to be able to manage that building and that facility. And then, of course, you have to hire people to run it, keep it clean, pay the maintenance. I mean, it's not a small gift. It was a gift that benefited every single person in the town. So instead of having everyone be jealous of you, you now have the gratitude of other people and the benefit of seeing how that money was used for a much larger good. So these people used wisdom and they had tons of money left over. They still had tons of money. There was plenty of money for their children. So karmically, they then exploded their karma and made it even bigger as beneficial karma that in the next life will come back again. And they used that money for the greatest possible good. They didn't give it all away. People say you should just give it all away. You know, I don't think so. I think if you have the karma to have it, you know how to manage it, you should enjoy it. You should share it with however you would like. And I believe that in those situations, you can begin to mitigate and balance and then create fabulous karma for your future. Now, what about someone who has done something really, really bad? Somebody who has so much money, they can't eat. They're the richest man in the world. Well, this was Andrew Carnegie. And this uh, story came from the show, The Men Who Made America. So somebody says, well, where did she get this information? It came from that show, The Men Who Made America. And they talked about Andrew Carnegie. And at one point, he was the richest man in the United States. But to make the money he made, he had done some terrible things. I mean, really terrible things. And one of them was his, whatever company it was, had built an earthen dam in a small town. And the town was below the dam. You know, can you spell this is going to, this isn't going to end well. And it didn't. And people warned him that the dam was showing signs of breaking and he needed to evacuate the town. And he didn't do that. And the entire town died. He was not prosecuted because it was a group of investors that owned the, the uh, dam and the, and the water behind it. And he couldn't legally, technically be held accountable. But he was karmically accountable. And he apparently that the deaths of all those people haunted him was a huge, horrific wake-up call. Did he help the people in the town? Maybe to some degree, but you can't replace all your loved ones. I don't care how much money you have. Did he decide to donate things? Well, he created Carnegie Hall and the Carnegie Mellon Institute. They do all these wonderful things. But toward the end of his life, he sold his holdings and ended up the richest man on the planet. And somebody's going to say, he did that terrible thing. How come he got to still have all that money? That's not for me to judge. 
but it's what did he do with the money that he had? And he did something that was so remarkable with it that I still marvel at what it would have been like to have come up with such an amazing concept. He created the library system that is in effect in the United States today. He bought property in every state in the union and he built 1400 starter libraries and he packed them with all the books and he continued to fund them and then build more and more. But his initial start was 1400 books, 1400 libraries. And he made the checking out of books absolutely free for anyone who wanted to grow, to learn languages, to learn English, to be understand engineering. He packed them with all kinds of books that you could possibly need to learn. Law libraries and medical libraries, an amazing amount. Now, what was that karma? He took people who didn't have a penny to rub together and gave them access to knowledge they would never have had. And I just love this story because this man did something that was terrible in his lifetime. And he did something that was astonishingly good in one lifetime. Now, how will the great ones who balance karma look at this? So beyond my pay grade. I'm glad that's not my job. But you have to ask yourself, there will be millions and millions and millions of people who have benefited from the library system in the United States that is beyond calculation. Did he atone for the deaths he caused with the, the breaking of the dam? You decide. He rebalanced his karma in an extremely creative and beyond imagination generous way. I just thought you'd find that story really interesting. Do you think he understood karma and that was part of it? Do you know, or did he? I don't, I don't know that answer. Yeah. I think if you feel bad about something and you have to find a way to atone, which is in, it's one of the main elements of a course of miracles. I don't know what Carnegie read or didn't read what mm -hmm. he did or didn't feel, but some of the, uh, some of these other super wealthy cohorts he had said, so what are you going to do with all that money? He said, I'm going to think about it. What do I want to do? What is it like to be the richest man in the world? I've done some wrong in this lifetime. Maybe I can find a way to do something right. Did he actually say that? I don't know. But he did something that was would on the surface of it appear to be atoning for the deaths that he caused. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's possible to start the balancing in the same lifetime if you feel that you've, you know, and, and you can feel that inside of you that it's gone wrong, that, you know, you didn't choose mm -hmm. well. <laughs> you chose poorly. And some people choose very, very poorly. Yeah. What about the person that makes a lot of money and just hoards it, just keeps it? Well, this was the basis. I'm reading the original draft of um, uh, Christmas Carol, the Ebenezer Scrooge story. 
And it's one of the most fascinating studies of karma because um, Dickens really needed money and it was Christmas time and he wrote this quickly so that he could get this done and have some money for Christmas. But it came to him and it's like all of these people were shown to him and this story was really important. And most of us don't have the benefit Scrooge had of, you know, all of these ghosts coming to him, you know, his partner Marley and the ghosts of, you know, the relationships he could have had. We make decisions based on the information, the feelings, the circumstances of the moment. But a person who has a karmic awareness stops and says, what are the ramifications of what I'm doing today? If I don't say no to my child, will I have a monster by the time they're seven or eight? Will my teenager kill somebody with a car if I don't teach rules and how to follow things when they're three? If you can begin to have an awareness about how your actions today are going to affect the future, because what they were showing Scrooge was he was hoarding money on a staggering level. He had no relationship. He had not a friend in the world. No one loved him. He was regarded as a penny-pinching, stingy, you know, good businessman. Can you be a good businessman and, and still be generous? And Colonel Sanders <clears throat> on Kentucky Fried Chicken. After he, I mean, he made millions in his 70s and 80s, and he started a scholarship program for underprivileged children. And he was able to send thousands and thousands and thousands of kids to school who would never have had it. He just felt that he was lucky. He tried 100 different chicken recipes before he found one that was was the, the recipe that started his franchise. So he decided he would be generous with it the best way that he knew how. And a lot of people are very quietly generous. And I think that um, Joan Kroc is another example. She and Roy Kroc owned the McDonald's um, Corporation. And, you know, some of the things that were done were not always of the highest caliber. But at the end of her life, Joan... They never had children, and she did everything in her power to share every penny she had while she was living. Is she atoning? Is she trying? It's entirely possible that she was. So other karmic questions. Yeah, that quiet generosity seems important, even for someone without money. Because you can be generous in so many ways that the universe hears. Yes, it's not about money. And that's one of the things that people think it is. Now, people say, well, you know, I, my, you know I'm really bad at relationships. Well, if you have a lot of problems with relationships and you think you just have bad karma, well, you can do everything to learn about why you have difficulty with relationships. You can spend the time and the energy and the money to begin to heal yourself. And again, a lot of people who have horrible childhoods, 
never either never got married and certainly didn't have children because he didn't want to perpetuate it. And I think that <clears throat> if you can start to understand yourself, you are starting a conscious karmic path to shift who you are and to change things. And changing your mindset about how you do things, I think, makes a huge, huge difference. And I think it sometimes, sometimes the things that people do don't realize that they aren't just affecting themselves. They can affect an entire industry. And we have certainly seen this with the medical industry where the medical industry, and it's, we used to call it a profession, but it's an industry now. And doctors are paid very, very big bucks for what they prescribe. And that makes you question their judgment and what they're doing for individuals. And it's causing people to pull back their trust and not trust doctors like they used to. And every person who crosses a line in that way, or who doesn't stand up for what's right for the patient, they go along with a hospital protocol, they sell a little bit of their soul. And there comes a point where there's not much left of you to sell. And that carries with it a very, very large karmic burden. Mm. Now, there's a karmic burden that is gigantic, and that is spiritual abuse. And we have seen this certainly with the Catholic Church and um, where we, when someone abuses a child in the name of God, and it's not just the Catholic Church, it happens all over the place. Fundamentalism crosses all religious barriers and bounds and they create guilt and shame and belittlement in a person they basically create it within the soul the feeling that god won't love them and that is a horrendous place to be and spiritual abuse carries with it the worst karma because when you consciously separate a soul from God, then what you've done is that karma is magnified. But if you reconnect a child to the, the joy of the love of the divine, again, that's a more magnified karma. It's why psychics who unfortunately abuse people by telling fortunes or telling people their past lives when they don't really know can earn an unfortunate level of karma because they have harmed that person potentially for a very, very long time and potentially destroyed relationships. That's, that's a very bad karmic place to be. So, yeah. And I often think, uh, you know, spiritual gurus, who let on they know more than you do, therefore you're smaller than them, therefore listen to all that they say <laughs> must. And, and then what it does is take away that inner empowerment and that connection to God within yourself that must carry a similar karma. 
to which you're speaking. Yes, it, it absolutely does. Because sexual abuse, to, I'll just be really blunt, is an initiation into black magic. That's just what it is. Why do you think pedoph- pedophilia is so horrendous? Why do you think children tra- child trafficking is so bad? You basically have introduced a child into the world of, of, of horror. And that's why civilized societies don't allow those things. They make sure that children are protected because they are your resource for the future. And that what you do to protect a child is a really big deal. Uh, I want to shift subject slightly. Let's talk about people in service industries, whether it's an emergency room or a police officer or an EMT, you know, you know, an ambulance person. What happens when that person has compassion fatigue? A lot of times police will catch a criminal, they put them in prison, and somebody lets them out. That certainly happened. It's happened in California, like a swinging door, and some other states. What that does is it demoralizes the police. When the police feel like they put a predator or a murderer or a sociopath behind bars, it's what enables them to go out the next day and do that job. And the the law and order side of it, the police doing their job, the district attorneys, the judges, everyone in that dance that is law and order. That's why that television show is so fascinating to me because never nothing is quite as black and white as we would like it to be. Is it is it good or bad? Well, it's a lot of shades of gray. And Sometimes if someone is, they've been on the job a really long time, the unspeakable horrors they have seen have taken their toll on the person. But maybe somebody can't do the job as well as they do, but they're tired. They're tired on huge level. Maybe they can be forgiven if they want to back off from it. If they want someone younger to come in, they've earned Enormous karma by their service to others. Because let's face it, those jobs, they don't pay a lot. We pay millions to people who bounce a ball around or kick it across a field. But people who save your life at the worst moment of your life, we pay them nothing. That says something about society. We should pay them our best, not our least. Officers who put their line on the, on the, their lives on the line every day. Are there some bad cops? Yeah. School teachers. It is hard work to be a school teacher at any level. Do we pay them enough? Probably not. Do we value them? We need to. How we value those who provide service in a society says a lot about us. And again, it earns karma. In towns and cities where they keep things in balance, you'll see things that are run really, really well. In families where children have jobs, saw an interesting study that if children at the age of three or four have chores around the house, they grew up to be strong, responsible adults that lead really happy lives because they start learning the feeling of self-esteem at the age of three. It's time to set the table. Let's clear the table. Put this away. Can you help me fold the laundry? Can you help me? The child has a sense of importance. 
You're now creating a karmic ripple for that child, a karmic wave, not just for the child, but for you as the parent. Because that child is going to come back and maybe when you need that child the most, they're going to know how to do something. They will be able to help you on levels you couldn't have imagined because you taught them and they took it a little bit farther. I, I taught my daughter to cook from the time she was three. She's an astonishing, she has astonishing abilities in the kitchen today. But that one-on-one, the focus, the attention earns the parent and the child the karma of setting up your future. And for instance, my son, we allowed him to work on our cars, even when someone would have said, well, he's not qualified. I said, but who's going to believe in him if we don't? And one day my son said, you know, I was at lunch with my buddies the other day and we were all talking about growing up. And and I said, well, did you guys get to work on your family cars? And they said, no, our parents would never, never let us near the cars. And my son got really quiet and he said, well, I was allowed to work on all of the cars all of the time. And they said, well, not us. And I think my son realized that the trust we placed in him, changed him, gave him this enormous confidence. And when he made a mistake or my daughter made a mistake in cooking, there's no learning in perfection. What did you learn from the mistake? How are you teaching your children? Are you accepting that, okay, this got burnt. Let's look at, was it, were you distracted? Was the temperature set too high? Was it the wrong container? Did you not tighten the bolt? This is what can happen if you don't do that. Let's learn. Let's learn. Let's learn. Without blame, without anger, without rage. All of those create this huge positive rage. But if you tell a child, a little girl, she's a a whore and a, a bitch. I remember I had a client who told her children from the time they were three, they were words I won't repeat. And I, I was, I remember and her children hate and curse the ground she walks on to this day. And they were in their teens and her children, her daughters have totaled every car they've ever had. My kids didn't do that. I mean, they, I mean, it was inconceivable to me. They had such respect for those things, but she told her children, they were terrible, terrible people from the age they had awareness and she created the reality. You can create a karmic reality by what you say and do. Okay. Let's talk about relationships with couples. What kind of reality are they creating? Women expect men to do the flowers and the romantic things, but men don't show you that they love you by, you know, being romantic all the time. Men put oil in your car. They keep gas in your car. They make put snow tires on your car. They take the garbage out. They look out for you. They hold the door for you. I'm running errands. Can I get you something? They send something on Instagram that tells you that they love you because that's not something they could say to you face to face. It's not who they are. Men show they love you by what they do for you. Not not the way you think they should be, but the way they are. 
you have a karmically balanced relationship, if you can understand that men are going to love you in their way, not the way that you think they should love you. If you can't accept that, you're going to have problems in your relationship. Yeah. Or the way that Disney says they should love you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Programming, right? Yeah. So Tina, these are brilliant tips. And I would just like you to try, I think it's fairly complicated. So just try to give us three or four tips that would create good karma. So we are consciously aware. I have this, this book called the crossing over prayer book. And in this book, there are prayers you can send to the world for healing. When you send a prayer to the world to heal the world, and you're not asking something for yourself because people feel like there's nothing I can do. The world's gone crazy, but you're not helpless. Prayer is energy. All thought is energy. And if the thought that's in your heart is translated into a prayer, I just happen to write one, but you can create one within yourself that sends loving energy out to the world and asks nothing for yourself you can begin to shift your energy. But karmically, it does something else for you. It connects you to the divine. If you're praying for the world's peace, for people who are hungry to be fed, for people who are ill to be free from pain, you are connecting your goodness to divine goodness. It will change you. If you're not sure what to do with your life, find some way you can be of service to someone. Volunteer at a senior center, a pet center, a hospice. Go rock babies in a, a NICU. Do something that enables you to feel that your being here matters, that, that you will have an importance beyond what you thought of yourself. Come out of yourself. <clears throat> Volunteer for something if that's the case or sit on a board of directors and help people. <clears throat> All of those things will enable you to find purpose and meaning. And as you're projecting that out, you're creating a karmic ripple that goes into the future. But just like dropping a pebble in a pool, what you send out will come back to you. And that is karma. So the underlying vibration of love and intent to do good is extremely important. It is everything. When you love with all your heart, when you love with intention, when you love people you don't know, when you're sending healing to a world of people you've never met, you come out of yourself a little bit. And the intention to do something positive will shift something inside of you that you're not conscious of. And at the end of the day, at the end of your life, you're going to feel very good about yourself. You don't ever want to end your life in guilt. That is a real, it's a terrible place. You want to end your life feeling that it mattered in some way. It will change the inside of you. If you can get your children to feel that they matter, not just because they're your kids and you love them, but that there's something about them that matters. That's a pretty remarkable place to be. So yes, the intention of love and compassion 
and help and generosity. We've talked a lot about generosity with karma. I think that makes a difference. And I know the book, The Secret, says you just have to intend for it to happen and it happens. But if you understand karma, it's not quite that easy. Yeah. And I think it matters like the vibration that you die on too, which brings us right back to the the interview we had before. But it it all really matters. It, it matters where you go from here. And that's big too. We all emanate a vibration. And we surround ourselves unconsciously with people who have a similar vibration. And that's why the concept, the birds of a get, you know, a feather stick together, but you can change your vibration and raise it. And you'll end up with a whole new world that you could not have imagined. That is a really amazing place to be. So karma isn't good or bad. It is. It's the energy of who and what you are at the moment. And whatever you've created in a past life is who you are this life. What you're creating in this life will determine what is going to be happening to you in the next life. And the higher you raise your frequency in this life, you will come in with a higher frequency in the next one. And you'll have a greater opportunity to be of service and do good things for other people. Beautiful. Tina, how do people find more of you? And I know you've written a book on karma as well. That well, I've written a couple of them. I have one called Karma and Frequency. And this talks about how to raise your frequency and how to understand all kinds of karmic things. Uh, the Lightworker's Guide to Everyday Karma. And I have another one, Soul Evolution, Past Lives and Karmic Ties, which talk about how do you make sense of what's happening today without knowing your past lives, but you can see your past lives reflected. That might be another great topic to, you know, to, to spend some time on our past lives and how do you know what they were and how do you find them? Because mm -hmm. what we were is who we are literally on, on so many levels. So ghosthelpers.com is a great place to find these books. They're also available on Amazon. So I've written eight books. I have two more coming out soon. So cool. Very cool. Thank you so much, Tina. Thank you so much for having me, Jane. I love working on your show. <laughs> love it too. If you've enjoyed the information in this episode, share it with someone you care about and know will benefit. There is one thing for certain. Meltdowns are inevitable. Let's move into mastery together. In the show notes, you'll find my link tree, which has links to many of the most popular platforms. You'll also find links to connect to the featured guest, webpage, and social media. Thanks again for being committed to mastery. Change in this world really starts within each of us.